standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. And this is going to be October the 6th, episode 277. Now, I know I have more than 300 uh, episodes out, but of the numbered episodes that are in sequence, we're at 277, just so we're clear on that. Uh, And the title for today is The State as a Solution. Highlights run, we run the feds, run the county and the cities, enforce the constitution and hold people accountable. All right, before we get into this, I need your help. We're closing in on 25,000 downloads. We're real, real close. So I ask, please like, subscribe, share, comment. Let's get over this hump. Let's, let's continue to move on. Let's take the message to the rest of the people out there that there are solutions. They are readily available. We just have to be willing to take them. So on with the show. All right. The state as a solution. Now, my libertarian friends out there are probably gritting their teeth right now. Uh, what in the heck is this callous guy going to say now? I mean, th- this is not the solution is no state. Well, yes and no. I, um, the way the Constitution is set up, the way the individual states are set up, they're basically fulfilling our job as the sovereign. They interact as the controlling instrument over the feds, as well as the county, city, and school boards, or school districts, I should say. But we allow them to not do their job. We allow the state to lay down and just take it when it comes to the feds. We allow the state to ignore the abuse of power that goes on locally. That doesn't mean that the state doesn't abuse power, as we have all seen since 2020. That's clearly the case. And depending on what state you're in, it's worse. There's not really a good state. There's just states that are less bad. However, if we get, if we get the right people, the right motivation, the right efforts in place, we can make states incrementally less bad to where they become tolerable. I know it's a pipe dream. I I know perhaps this is wishful thinking. And right now the libertarian friends of mine right now are cursing me under their breath. And some of the conservatives out there that are actual legit paleo conservatives. All right. Well, I think I know where you might be going on this. We'll wait and see. Give you get. So I'm going to say, give me the benefit of the doubt. Okay. We as individuals, whether it's at the city level, the county level, we have very little power to push back against the state. That's a given. But we even have less power to push back against the feds. However, if we have some stay, some influence, some authority within the state, we can utilize the state to push back against the feds. And on occasion, we'll see this happen and it'll be in a let's call it a net positive way, whether it's uh, stuff they've done in Florida or South Dakota or Arizona or even Colorado. And each state is pushed back on a specific thing or a couple of specific things. And whether you personally were in agreement with the issue they were pushing back on, the net effect was they were 
pushing the feds back into their proper role. They were telling them they don't really have that authority in this state. We're not going to help you. We're not going to assist you. And in fact, if you overstep your bounds, we may have to intercede on behalf of our people. So, Texas, we have a giant opportunity here. We have a governor that would like to run for president, a governor that has ambitions. So we need to work with that. We need to work with him to get a really good school choice bill, something just like what they did in Arizona. And yes, I know it's not perfect. And I know there's a possibility it goes off the rails. But it is a battle we can fight later. If we get this battle and we win this battle, that's that much liberty and freedom for everybody in the state of Texas. And that pushes down and pushes back on the school districts that are usurping authority and abusing the parents and taking advantage of people in their districts. It'll rein them in. It'll it'll hold them accountable for their bad behavior. Now, again, this may be wishful thinking, and I'll grant you this, but just play along. Imagine with me the possibilities if the state was to actually do the job for we the people, if we were to assert ourselves on our state reps, on our state senators, and make them apply pressure on the governor and the lieutenant governor and the speaker of the house to make them do the work that we sent them there to do. Now, that's going to require that we put in effort. That's going to require that we wear them out. That's going to require perhaps time, money, and energy that a lot of us already do, but there's a whole lot more that do nothing. They just skate off the backs of those of us that are involved, those of us that put in effort. We need to bring them alongside, and rather than castigate them and call them out and make them feel bad, we need to encourage them and entice them to get involved and show them where the opportunities are. And that is the basis of what I am doing this for today. So, the federal government likes to manipulate states, likes to use carrot and stick on the states and try and usurp authorities that they were never granted by the states. They overstep the binding nature of the Constitution. And quite frankly, much of the bureaucracy of the swamp in D.C. sees it as the paper tiger that it largely is because we don't enforce the Constitution. We don't make them live by the oath that they took. And that's us. That's our responsibility. We need to make them do that. But we can start by making those folks down in Austin do our bidding. Make them push back. Show them where it's advantageous to them. I mean, I once said that uh, Rick Perry, when he was still governor, would have been a folk hero of immense proportions had he just said, you know what? I don't personally support Texas, but the people of Texas need to have the ability to speak on the issue. So we're going to put out a non-binding referendum in the primary ballot to let the people be heard. He would have been a folk hero, but he choked. It was great soundbite, and it temporarily made us think that we had somebody that gave a rip. But in the succession of time, we have seen that the replacement governor has zero interest in going down that path. He will probably be dragged kicking and screaming. And 
Honestly, short of Texit, this is a good solution. This is a workable solution. This is constitutionally viable and operational if we will just cause our people to do their darn jobs. Push back on the feds. Remind the feds that the state is in control. The state wrote the Constitution. The state voted on the Constitution. And the state can force the feds to abide by the Constitution. But again, our governor's ambitious. Our governor has his eye set on that big prize. And he's not the only one. And I know I've talked about this earlier in the week, but we need to take this to our advantage. We need to encourage Governor Abbott. Do the right thing. Come out with a great bill uh, and sign it once it's passed the House and the Senate. And don't let them kill it. Protect parental rights. Shut down this crazy behavior where we're doing irreversible harm to young children under the auspices of affirming some mental illness. We, we can address these things, respecting liberty, but protecting people that aren't capable of making their own decisions just yet. Stand firm, do the right thing. That's what we're asking for. Now, the flip side of this, the state creates the counties, the cities, as subdivisions of the state. And there are some counties that are run smartly. There are some counties that obey the constitutional constraints. There are some counties that are respectful of the individual people that live within the county and don't waste their money on boondoggles and don't invest it into things that will have no return. I was trying to think of a polite way to put that. Then there are other counties that abuse their people that violate their constitutional rights, that violate their rights as humans, their natural rights. And the state allowed them to get away with it. The state has tolerated it, much because the state looks at it as the counties are are acting as an enforcement arm. And, well, that's all well and good, but when the state's wrong and it realizes it's wrong, it needs to also go out and remind the counties that we have corrected our error. We have dialed back our mistakes. You best start doing the same. You work for us, not the other way around. Now, I'm all about local authority. I think local authority and everything pushed to the local control as much as possible is great. But your recourse as an individual in that district is to go over their head to the state if they're going to misbehave. Now, I don't know about you, but I say I get some satisfaction out of watching uh, videos on YouTube of, let's just call it, bad interactions with civil authorities. And sometimes the perpetrator is the problem, but a lot of times it's the government that's in the wrong. It's the government that's exceeding authority. It's the government that's being abusive or tyrannical. In one particular instance, I saw a mayor (laughs) interrupted somebody during their time to speak. The mayor shut down the interaction. They took away their First Amendment guaranteed rights. Now, I know what you're saying that the First Amendment doesn't directly apply to city government. The First Amendment directly applying at the state level is not an accurate understanding of the Bill of Rights. Be that as it may, almost every other state out there 
has stronger protections than the national level Bill of Rights and saw a value to seeking redress, peaceable redress of governance, the freedom of speech. So as an elected official, you're speaking as as a mouthpiece of government, your freedom of speech gets set aside. And when somebody has their three minutes, you're not supposed to interrupt them. You're not supposed to disrespect them. You're not supposed to abuse the power that you were given by the very people that you're supposed to be serving. Now, fortunately, we don't really see much of that in Collin County. (coughs) But in the event that should happen, the county is not really in a position to reel back and dial down on the abuse of power at a municipal level. Potentially, the sheriff could roll in and do that. But Every sheriff that I'm aware of is a political animal. They are elected and they like to get reelected and they don't want to step on toes of the municipal police. So they're not going to do these things. But let me ask you, who does the municipal police department work for? Who are the city employees working for? Well, the city manager. And who does the city manager work for? Oh, that's right. The city council. So I find it very hard to believe you're ever going to get good redress from abuse of power from a city council or even a school board, if you're going to the local authorities, you have to go to the state. You have to go to the higher authority. Likewise, when the state interferes, when the state oversteps, you're supposed to be able to utilize your local authorities to push back and hold the line and remind the state, hey, you don't really have the authority to do this. And you're overstepping. There's a balancing act there. There's this check and balance that we should have all learned in civics back when we were in grade school. And that, again, boils down to just enforcing the Constitution. In Texas, the county has the ability to tell the state they're wrong, they got this wrong. Now, the state's going to override them. The state has that authority. But the county has a responsibility to do that. And fortunately, in Collin County, we have a county judge that did that. He was willing to put his neck out there. He did the job. Dallas County, not so much. Dallas County thought, no, they're not quite abusing the people enough, so I'm going to go one step further. I'm going to abuse them a little more. I'm going to manipulate the circumstances to increase my power and authority even more. But not every county is created equal. Not every city is created equal. Not every school board is created equal. So if you can't get redress, if you can't resolve the problem at the local level, then you go up to the state level. But again, you can't accomplish that if you don't have good people at the state level. If you haven't let them know that you're paying attention, that you're working to get them elected and you're supporting them and you want them to remember that they ultimately work for us, we the people. All power within the state resides with we the people. And we have to remind them from time to time. And just simply doing it every other year in an election is not enough. We have to do more. We have to force them to enforce the Constitution. We have to remind them that they took an oath to support the Constitution. We have to remind them that a good number of us took an oath that requires that we will support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now, I want you all to pause and let that sink in just a little bit. And I know I've referenced this once in the past, maybe twice in the past. I had a a conversation with a veteran who had been over in the sandbox, and we were talking about the idea, when is it, proper to disobey orders when is it proper 
to realize that those in your chain of command are violating the Constitution? When is it proper to consider them the enemy? Now, they're really quick to point us out as the enemy. We're domestic enemies. We're domestic terrorists. Oh, how dare you? You spoke up at a school board meeting. How dare you? You questioned the police or you questioned the city council. You're a domestic terrorist. Really? Really? We watched the summer love unfold amongst us and the cities did little to nothing to stop. And in fact, they encouraged it in some cases. The school boards, they were meaningless. The county sheriff in many cases sat those things out as well. Of course, most of the trouble was actually happening in counties controlled by Democrats, and they were largely mm, seeking to get progressive results, and the Democrats are in line with progressive results. So why would they stop this? Why would they interfere? But again, the state didn't do its job and didn't remind the county that if you're not going to do your job at the county level, the state's going to have to come in and do it for you. Again, enforce the Constitution. Remind them they work for the Constitution. They're allowed to do certain things because of the Constitution. But ultimately, the Constitution is controlled by we, the people. We have to enforce it. We have to make them do the job that, quite frankly, they sold to us that they were going to do. We have to do that. And that goes into the fourth point. We have to hold these people accountable. Every election cycle is an opportunity to have a change of plan, a change of representation. That is the correct, peaceful method to hold those people accountable. And I don't care if it is an individual school board member, um, city council member, county commissioner, a judge, sheriff, uh, state rep, State Senator, U.S. Rep, U.S. Senator, Lieutenant Governor, Attorney General, all the other various statewide elections we have in Texas, the commissioners for this, that, and the other thing, and then finally the governor. These people need to be reminded they work for us. We have to hold them accountable. The opportunity, quite frankly, for most of us, got passed by in the primaries because we didn't have adequate candidates. We didn't have adequate funding. We didn't have an aggressive mindset that these people work for us and they need to be reminded of that. So the only way we can do that is to remove them or to challenge them in such a way that they understand that if they continue to go down the path of disregarding their constituents, we will replace them. We didn't do a good job of that. Now, I, for one, still have difficulties with the way the Republican primary played out in uh, Texas, much like I have difficulties on the 2020 election. But rather than lose sleep over that, rather than dwell on something that I personally can't fix, and me getting upset and, quote, losing sleep over it is not going to change anything what I can do is start working on the very next thing. What I can do is remind you that every election matters. Every election counts. Now, I've talked about the idea that the school board in McKinney is terrible. We've got one good representative. We had two that I had high hopes for, 
And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that if we change out a few of the bad apples, they'll come back around. Maybe that's wishful thinking. But we have an opportunity to bounce three of these people. They need to go. They're not representing the people that they're supposed to represent. Now, I don't know that I'm going to ever find a perfect candidate. I don't know that you as a listener are ever going to be content that any one candidate is perfect. But what I can tell you is what we're doing now ain't working. And the only way we're going to fix it is to hold these people accountable. And the way you hold them accountable is to put them out of a job. Now, let's use an analogy here. You own a company or you're the manager and you've got an employee that doesn't do the job. Now you counsel them. You try and meet with them. You try and educate them and they rebuff all your efforts. Maybe they say you're crazy. Maybe they accuse you of being irrelevant. Maybe they say that it doesn't matter what you think. What do you do? You let them go. You find a better employee. And what I'm going to suggest to you is that's exactly where we're at. And it's not anything unique to McKinney ISD. It's the same thing over and over again throughout the entirety of the state of Texas. And quite frankly, the entirety of these United States. But we tolerate it because it might be too much work. We tolerate it because, well, we're scared that this thing's unknown. We don't know what if this can be better or worse. I'm going to tell you what's now, what we've got now is not working. What we've got now is going the wrong direction. So you can take a little risk and you can do something different. And that is the way you change things. And I'll tell you what, if the replacements aren't any better, you replace them too. You keep changing them out. I mean, even 200 plus years ago, actually 260, I believe off the top of my head, Thomas Jefferson foresaw this very issue. Now, his uh, verbiage on it was a little bit uh, stark, referring to the tree of liberty and how it gets watered. We're not going to go there. We're a long way before we need to go there. But it's really simple to just change them out. Vote them out of office. Send them to retirement. Explain to me why you need people in office for 20 and 30 years. Explain to me why anybody thinks that's a good idea. And I don't care what candidate it is and what letters after their name. And I <laughs> I might be the guy that says, well, with the exception of Ron Paul. But I mean, even setting that aside because he's retired now, even he said, well, I've been here long enough. I'm going to go back in, to my life. These folks are not willing to do that. If we would let them stay there, they would do it until they die. And people staying in office until they die is not my idea of a representative republic. It's not my idea of democracy. It's not my idea of we the people having any control about what's going on. But if we would just step up to the plate, if we would just work with those at the state level to make them do their job, we can help fix some of these problems down at the local level. We can help redress the problems coming from the feds, but none of that is able to happen until you take back your local representatives. You got to take back your city council. You've got to take back your school boards because quite frankly, those people are the people that become 
your county commissioners, that they become your state reps, your state senators, and they work their way up the ladder. Now, I, for one, am not a huge, huge fan of that, but let's face facts. If you want to run for certain offices, you got to start somewhere. And the base entry level for many, many people is the school board or the city council. And then they go to the next rung and the next rung. And hopefully after they get in 15 years or 20 years, they have enough sense to say, maybe I'm going to step down and let somebody else come in here and take over. They won't, but that's our problem. We have to help them know that it's time to retire. We have to hold them accountable. And we have to be especially willing to hold them accountable when they violate the very thing that's supposed to govern what they're doing, which is the Constitution. It's not that hard, folks. Yeah, I know. A lot of these jobs are thankless jobs. A lot of these guys have to have really thick skin. They have to be willing to take a lot of abuse. And the average person's not built for that. The average person doesn't want to get yelled at for something they had no control over. The average person doesn't want to have to deal with 15 people leaving voicemails every couple hours because they're unhappy about something that you may or may not have been involved with because... No matter what the outcome of the vote is, if you were there to vote on it, somebody's going to not like the way you voted. I get it. And we have to find and recruit people that we believe are good, honest people. People that are willing to stand on principle come what may. People that are willing to go and face down tyranny. People that are willing to face down opposition. Those people do not just grow on trees. A lot of them have to be developed. Some of them have to be encouraged. Some of them have to be raised that way. There's a reason why there's an unofficial aristocracy. There's a reason why people are seeming to always be running for something. Because it's not common for people to be built that way. It's not common for people to have an interest to take that abuse on. But at the end of the day, if we continue to allow the garbage that goes on. If we continue to keep reelecting the same thing, we're never going to fix anything. So I'm asking you, in the next six, eight months, set aside your preconceived notions, be willing to look at the status quo as a problem, and consider what your options are. Consider how could we make this better? Where is there room for improvement? Be willing to invest a little time, money, effort to help the people that are willing to stick their neck out, to help the people that are willing to do the work, that are willing to take the abuse. They need your help, especially if they're running against a long-term incumbent who's going to coast into re-election because, quite frankly, everybody knows their name. They maybe have a building or a parking lot named after them and they just coast to re-election because nobody knows what's going on because they don't take the time or the energy or, quite frankly, well, my kid's doing okay or my house is okay. I'm not really worried about it. I'm telling you, folks, we got to open our eyes. we got to look around us. we got to pay attention to what's going on. We have to care about more than just me. I We have to consider there's a little bit of we in you in the community. We have to consider that just because I think something's good enough for me doesn't mean the guy next to me isn't getting a raw deal. 
And again, the way we fix that is by holding these people accountable. Enforce the Constitution, and if they're not willing to follow the rules, retire them. It's as simple as that. If they're not going to work for us, they don't need to work for us. If we can fix the local level, we can take the state. Once we get to the state, we can make sure we can help maintain the local level as well as push back on the feds. This is a process, and i got to be honest with you, the left is 50 years ahead of us. And they're good at what they do. But we're going to show up, and we're going to push back, and we're going to hold the line, and we're not going to just continue to retreat because the conservatives have failed to conserve anything. We have to be aggressively holding forth and advocating for liberty. And if you're not willing to do that, then just stay home. And with that, until the next episode, I will see you on the other side.